This is the free agents. And yes, just to be clear from the get-go, get this out there right now. We are still very much free. Potential employers, hit us up. Send us an email at thefreeagents2019 at gmail.com. Want to know how it's clear that we're still very much free? We have a Gmail email address. Yeah, no employer at this time. I'm Tass Mouse alongside me. It's the bearded one, Trey Kirby. hey up. Hey, hey yo. yo, and the man making it all happen, JD. Hello, what's up, Jay Skeets? Up in Toronto, basking in the glory of a championship, also visiting family and friends, I'm sure. And Lee Ellis in Australia, going to all the courts he used to play as a youngin. Everybody welcoming him back with open arms, giving him jerseys, hanging his jerseys on the wall. I'm sure, hanging from the rafters. Returning hero, stocking up on old memorabilia to bring back stateside. I'm sure. Can't wait to see some weird cricket pictures and maybe like an old magazine that he had 25,000 years ago. He'll definitely be at the FIBA World Cup. Oh yeah, later this month. Um, he may have to suit up for the Boomers. As uh, well, I guess the, all the boomers are going to be there, not Ben Simmons. Yeah. All the Americans. What I was going to say is that he would be needed out there because everybody's dropping out of the tournament, but it's just Americans really dropping out of the tourney. Yeah. You know, though, six years in the United States, maybe he, maybe that's enough to qualify for the <laughs> national team. Now, I know he doesn't have previous national team experience, so I think he's still eligible. Got up a lot of jumpers. I mean, you know, the uh, the summers are like, what, get up 500 jumpers a day for yeah, NBA exactly players? Exactly right. Lee Ellis surpassed that. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> During he, the regular season. He's doing 1,000 makes a day. He's got to. He's got <laughs> to keep it tight. Would not be surprised if he did 1,000 makes a day. You guys have been great sending us emails to that Gmail address. I said sending us tweets as well. So we decided to do an all-mailbag podcast. Let's get to that beach. I'm going to the beach this weekend. I'm just going to be bumping this podcast. Yeah. Bring a Bluetooth speaker. Can you listen to a podcast on the beach? Is that too too crazy of a move to just kick back, listen to a podcast? I don't know if I've ever heard it, heard it done, but it's got to be happening out there. You definitely can. Yeah, oh, sure. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly. Uh, but will we'll, the other people in your beach party, are they going to be stoked to be here in a podcast, especially if I'm just rewinding 15 seconds of a stinger <laughs> time after time? Hold on, guys. We're still at the beach. Run it back. Get, I J- don't know. get J.D. to send you the song. What's it called again, sure. J.D.? Uh, Dirty Talk. Dirty Talk. That's yeah, right. yeah, I'll send it to you. It's in your APM library. Sounds good. Sounds good. I'll start a whole station based off this. All beach sounding songs. Yeah, so you guys have been sending emails, thefreeagents2019 at gmail.com as well, as sending us tweets to thefreeagents19 on Twitter. I'll get us going here. This was an email. Hey, dudes, many parts to this question. Do you think we will see a different type of regular season now that the Warriors era is behind us? How important are the conference standings going to be this year compared to the last few years? And do you think load management will be trickier now that the competition is so evenly distributed? Distributed. Can't wait for the next podcast. You got it, Luke. Uh, where do you want to start with that question, Trey? 
Many places. Many places. Three questions, one email. I love it. Uh, do you think we'll see a different type of regular season? Yeah. I think it's impossible that we don't. To me, the whole league right now is kind of where the Eastern Conference was at the beginning of last season. Last season, LeBron had dominated the Eastern Conference, finally went to the Lakers, and there were four teams in the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, and Sixers who were just ready to, to fill that void. We didn't know exactly which team of those four was going to be the great team. We figured they would be good teams. It ended up being the Bucks won 60 games. The Raps were right there with 58 wins. Then you had a couple of uh, 50 and 40 win teams, uh, 50 and 45 win teams coming right after them. I think that's going to be the way the, the league plays out this year because... Lots of parity everywhere. Exactly. We're not necessarily chasing the Warriors now. There's, uh, I guess there's probably four or five teams you could pick in either conference that might be the top of the pops. I assume the Bucks will probably, uh, I don't know, the Bucks and the Sixers should probably challenge for the best record in the East. The Lakers and Clippers probably in the Western Conference, though you can't uh, deny the continuity factor of a team like the Nuggets. I think that uh, the, the lack of somebody you're chasing, whether that was LeBron last year in the Eastern Conference or the Warriors now throughout, throughout the NBA, that, that thing to chase is gone now. So it's just... There are going to be good teams. Some teams are going to pop as the great teams, but we won't know until we actually see the finished products out there on the court. And that makes it exciting. You know, it doesn't feel like a fait accompli that the the Warriors are going to take the championship this year, even though it didn't happen last year, obviously. It still seemed like the Warriors were going to be the team that did it. Uh, going into this season, nobody knows exactly what to happen, what is going to happen. So it's exciting. And I just think it'll have a different feel every night that maybe you're watching the NBA champion playing tonight. It's it's impossible to know. Yeah. And I, I do agree that will pull some new fans in as well, just because there's going to be the intrigue. Oh, hey, this basketball thing where there isn't this superpower We've got, you know, all these duos that everybody's been talking about, these sort of evenly matched duos and Paul George and Kawhi, even Steph Clay slash D'Angelo Russell, because we're talking about the Warriors here, Embiid, Horford, whoever. There's just a bunch of intrigue throughout the league. But because these big name players went to these huge markets, the biggest cities in the U.S. and Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going to L.A., Kyrie and Kevin Durant going to New York and in Brooklyn, I think you're going to get some new fans. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that's 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 the thing that's going to change to me. Otherwise, I, I don't think, as, as Luke asks, how important are the conference standings going to be this year compared to the last few years, or will load management be any different? I, I think load management is going to be exactly the same. They're going to play it exactly the same. You know, even Paul George and OKC last year and, and Russell Westbrook, they just kind of managed it to get themselves to the postseason. You just have to be playing well at the at the end of 82, no matter what conference you're playing in. And and then so I think they're going to manage their loads as they manage their loads. I don't I don't think that's really going to change all that much just because the West is really deep. Because yeah. if you look at the West last year, it was crazy deep as well. The Lakers missed the postseason, you know, with LeBron James, Anthony Davis, and the Pelicans also missed the postseason. Carl Anthony Towns. And the Wolves missed the postseason. And the West could be exactly the same. You know, the, there's going to be great teams. Could be Chris Tapps, Porzingis, and the Mavs. Could be Zion Williamson and the Pelicans. A lot of teams are going to miss the post, postseason in the West. The East is exactly the same, too, um, where the, there's a couple teams, Milwaukee and, and Philadelphia, at the top. And then there's a, probably a second tier of Boston, Indy, Toronto, Brooklyn. So I don't think the gameplay changes, but I think you will see... Some people who say, yeah, the orange roundy. Wow. I never really tuned in for that. And I think that will, that, that, that basketball is, uh, 
going to inch its way, I think, a little bit closer to the NFL this year, just because I think you're going to get, I don't know, those 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 people who just never watched basketball before, and obviously the diehards are still going to be there, uh, and, and the parody thing just just really makes sense. I, I, I just said the NFL randomly, but <laughs> that's what they have in, in the NFL is a bunch of parody when you tune in week one, and that's what the NBA, for the first time in a long time, it sure feels like, has going for it. You excited that uh, training camps are starting pretty soon here for the NFL? <laughs> Gotta no. be exciting. No. Uh, OBJ in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. What a what a duo, just like the NBA. America's sweetheart team. <laughs> why do, totally, the why Browns. Do, why do people like the Cleveland Browns? Uh, no, I'm not going to tune in for the NFL. <laughs> yeah, well, I might give it a might give it like four weeks. I feel like four I watched weeks. the beginning of the season. It's the same with like baseball playoffs and mm-hmm. football. I will watch it until basketball starts, and then after that, uh, I just can't keep two sports in my brain quite as well. Yeah, uh, but I think you're right. We're not going backwards on load management. We saw with uh, Kawhi, it works. You want your best guys to be healthy come the end of the regular season. Come the end of the playoffs. Come the NBA Finals. You need to have those guys playing their best, and they need to be on the court. Now with teams having two players, uh, it com- becomes even more important that both of those guys are ready come playoff time. You can't be having one with lingering injuries from playing 82 games in 40 minutes a night, Michael Finley style, and the other guy has been resting. I think you'll see uh, the rest will be happening from the get-go. Like you mentioned, Kawhi will be resting. Paul George coming off injury, he'll be resting. LeBron is old, he'll be resting. Anthony Davis, they got to keep him healthy, got to keep him happy. He'll be resting. All these teams are going to have figured out that you have to chill a little bit. You can't just go all out. Uh, We saw Tom Thibodeau have one of the best Bulls seasons since the championships, and the thing that ended up costing him his job was that he ran all of his players into the ground. The same thing happened in Minnesota. Adam Silver is asking the league for proposals for ways to shorten the season and make it so people have to play less games. We're not going the other way on it it would be awesome if everybody played 3,000 minutes in a season it's just not realistic anymore I do think the whole load management conversation topic in general is uh it's kind of become this just this thing we all say obviously and we all think that guys miss quarters of the season Kawhi Leonard was the anomaly among all the guys who did sit out games throughout the end throughout Mm -hmm. the regular season he sat out 22 games whatever it was, it was like 14 and eight or 15 and seven, 15 were for load management, seven were for injury, whatever it was. That That is the high end of the spectrum. Most guys you mentioned, like Anthony Davis, LeBron James, they're going to sit games. It's more in like the five, six, seven range, but it does happen. But yeah. I, I think we, we, you know, we just throw this label on it and we think, well, they're in the teens, the twenties, they're sitting out a quarter of the year. They're not. They're not saying, "Hey, we got to play an NFL schedule of 16 games, so we're going to sit out 66." That's not. That's not what's happening. Anyway, you got a tweet to uh, to kick us off in the tweet from Shane Barnes, who asks, "What's your ideal opening night and or Christmas Day schedules?" You got a preference? Well, it's championship night. Championship night for, for the sure. first time in history. The Raptors will be hosting championship night. The Clippers got to come to town. You want the Clippers? Interesting. Kawhi Leonard coming back. Yes, I want that. I mean, yeah, you could have the Warriors there, I guess. I'm a little bit more intrigued by a a Clippers coming to town. Drake getting in the lineup and getting his ring. Okay, he's not going to be in the lineup, but you know he's getting a ring. Oh, for sure. For sure he's getting a ring. Legitimately. Oh, definitely. Yeah, he he definitely will. It's going to be gaudy. He'll probably be uh, involved in the design. 
Yeah, probably I, I so. I, I, I mean, uh, we've maybe, seen maybe on, on the internet, like Julie Fair, who ran social media for the Warriors for a long, long time. She had a collection of championship rings. I'm sure that Drake will be able to pull some strings and get his hands on one, his literal hand in one. <laughs> I think... So you like seeing Kawhi Leonard in Toronto on opening night? I mean, uh, yeah, because I he don't would think... get a standing ovation. Yes. Why wouldn't he? That would be probably the best time to have him come back. And you know, they're getting their rings. He's there for it. Maybe you're a little upset that he left in the summer, but still, you're celebrating a championship with Kawhi Leonard there. That it would be pretty cool. Yeah, it's not animosity filled. The arena is not going to be tight, as you said. A standing ovation. They're not going to be angry. And so, yeah, it could be Kawhi. It could be the Warriors. I, I think. That could be the peak of the Raptors season. Is <laughs> it, 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 you know they they are going to be a middle of the. I, I think they're they're obviously a lot for the playoffs. Their goal we'll get we'll get to what they're going to be later on. Uh, we, you know we've got some Raptors uh, questions here. We've got a a message from J E Skeets as well that we'll get in there. So we'll talk about where the Raptors end up. It could be the Warriors that come see their championship uh, rings that they used to have be handed to the Toronto Raptors. Um, but I, I don't know. I like the Clippers idea myself. And the second game for me, a little lake show, I guess. A lake show. Yeah, Lakers hosting the lake game. And whoever, I don't know. I don't have a real strong preference to who goes into L.A. that night. I'm yeah, not, I'm, not I a huge, I'm not a huge schedule diehard. Yeah, I'm not, I'm not deep into the schedule game, but, you know, uh, we got the time this summer, so I went deep in the schedule <laughs> game this time. I, I got the Bucks coming to Toronto to play the Raptors on ring night. Okay. Reigning MVP in Giannis, reigning champs in the Raptors. But honestly, I do like the Clippers idea. I just have the Clippers playing in the late game against the Lakers. It's That's a Lakers fine. home game, uh, which then feeds into my eventual Christmas Day schedule. I'm starting things off Knicks-Nets. Oh, boy. You're going to get the Knicks on Christmas Day. It, it, there could be This could be the one year... They actually sit down the Knicks. It's it's tiresome every single year you watch the Knicks. They play every single year. Every single year. There's no doubt. What about a Nets Celtics instead? Okay. Uh, they got some history. Yeah, uh, the, you the, know, Kyrie the, the Kyrie Irving scenario. The Kyrie Irving scenario would be certainly exciting. Uh, all the trade talk has passed in the past uh, for the past five seasons or whatever. Okay. You got, That'd be exciting. You got... You got the old Subway series. Yeah, I got. Sure. Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, uh, I feel like the the Knicks just always get a game. If, they if they're going to get a game, at least make it against the Nets, a team that people want to see. A people, a team in New York that people are more excited about than they are for the Knicks. After that, I'd like to see Bucks versus Rockets. Uh, green versus red. That's a huge, uh, a huge <laughs> selling point to me. You got the Christmas colors. You got Giannis. You got James Harden. You have now Russell Westbrook. It's hard to find like uh, interconference matchups that have a little bit of drama necessarily, uh, and that one that one does just fun players to be seeing out there, and of course the color scheme. Important. Middle of the day, Clippers Lakers again, but this time the Clippers are home, uh, and you know they're they're doing their thing. You need a palate cleanser after that. I got Raptors Warriors defending <laughs> champions versus uh, the the dynasty that just ended, and then end of the night Blazers Nuggets because at the end of the night, you're blazing those nuts. <laughs> gotta relax. It's been a long day. Been up since five in the morning, hanging with family. I gotta relax. Oh, come on. You, you know you're sleeping at that time. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, for sure. I don't know that I've ever seen a Christmas Day late game. No. Maybe the first tip-off, and that's it. Yeah, the the meaty part of the Christmas Day schedule is always the three Eastern to eight Eastern games. Right. You know, the uh, the appetizer and the dessert, meh. Not, usually the appetizer stinks at 12 o'clock Eastern because it's the Knicks. Uh, I will... Uh, I'll throw in Jay Skeet's tweet. He tweeted out his Christmas Day schedule, so this works out well. Uh, Nets next, he has it at 12 Eastern. Exactly. Warriors-Raptors at 3 Eastern. 
76ers Bucks, 530 sure. Eastern, Clippers Lakers at 8, and then Rockets Jazz at 1030. He says he could see the Nuggets or Blazers getting that late spot. And the Celtics uh, at MSG instead of the Nets. But, sure. Uh, yeah, good skeds. All right, next email here. What's up, my dudes? Do you guys have any bold predictions for your own personal favorite teams for this year? As a Mavericks fan, I think Rick Carlisle can make Chris Stops have just as good, if not an even better comeback season than Kawhi did after his injury. Wow. Wow. Let me know what you guys got on those raps, Bulls, and Knicks slash ABL, which is obviously geared towards <laughs> Lee, the old ABL. Uh all the best, as always, read from Kansas City. So uh, you got a Bulls talk here? I got a bold Bulls prediction. They're going to finish in the top 10 <laughs> in the Eastern Conference. <laughs> Look, that would be huge. That the Bulls have had a pretty bad run of things the past few seasons. They've had, uh, they're have had tied for the fifth fewest wins in the past three seasons and haven't picked higher than seventh. That being said... They made some smart moves this summer. Uh, I'm, I don't think anybody's beaten down the door to talk about Thomas Sadoransky and Thaddeus Young, but they're solid players. They picked up Otto Porter at the trade deadline last season. He's a solid player. I don't necessarily like that they are collecting old wizards. I don't know if that's the smartest team-building strategy, but those guys are pros. They should be a better team, and something that the Bulls were missing, depth, first and foremost. As soon as they're, they're better players in Markkanen, and Wendell Carter got hurt last season, Zach Levine as well. They had nobody for backup, so that was a huge problem. At least now they've got some more NBA-caliber players. Also, they were missing a guy to just pass the ball, and I think Sadoransky can be that. When he stepped into the lineup for John Wall with the Wizards, that was when they turned into the Everybody Eats Wizards. It was very dramatic for Washington. John Wall didn't like it, but Sadoransky plays pretty well. I like the way he plays. He moves the ball quite a bit. He does. He fills in the gaps, as does Thaddeus Young. I think that... Uh, Hopefully, healthier seasons for Markkinen, Levine, Carter will be big. And with having a point guard out there that can help get them shots without necessarily needing to take his own shots, can knock down uh, some perimeter jumpers. Things are looking better for the Bulls. It seems like they have a team that can play fast, but they got the coach who doesn't necessarily want them to play fast. That part of it is a super weird mix. But I'm feeling optimistic about the Bulls. I'm so optimistic they're in the top 10. Yeah, they're going to be in the top <laughs> 10 in the Eastern Conference. And furthermore, they will be in the playoff hunt until the middle of March. I mean, it's going to fall apart. They're not going to, I doubt they're going to make the playoffs unless, you know, somebody takes a crazy third or second year jump and becomes even better. Like if Markinen becomes uh, a future superstar rather than a future star, I can see them possibly challenging for the playoffs. But I'll be happy if they're at least competitive through. Up until the last month of the season. At first glance, and at first hearing of your point, at top 10, I say, come on, be bold, get them in the postseason. But when you realistically look at it, there's going to be enough teams that are better than them. Yeah. That are that are. I think there's six locks for the postseason, Milwaukee, Philadelphia, Boston, Indy, Toronto, and Brooklyn. And then there's just enough good teams out there. The Magic should be around. You know, they, sh right. they should have got better. Jimmy Butler joined the Heat. The Pistons and Blake Griffin... The Hawks are on the rise. You think the Hawks or the Bulls are going to be better this year? I think the Hawks will be better, but I think they're in sort of the same sort of the yeah. same sort of tier. The Hawks won seven more games last season. I think they've got a little bit more top end talent. Maybe the Bulls have a little bit more veteran depth. I don't know if that necessarily matters when you're a super young bad team. But to me, the Hawks and Bulls will be in the same sort of scenario where they're trying to get into the playoff chase. But like you're saying, the teams ahead of them, Orlando, Detroit, Miami, they all have that number one guy who I think puts them over the top, both the Bulls and the Hawks. I'll start uh, the rap stock with uh, 
a quick message from Jay Skeets. He said, the Raps will still be a top four team in the East, which is bold. Milwaukee and Philadelphia are in there for sure. I would throw in, I would pick Indiana and Brooklyn. And then the Celtics-Toronto as a a 5-6 battle. Uh, But I think Brooklyn's going to be good enough. Indy has shown the last couple of years especially with Victor Oladipo down that they're too good, even though they have, you know, they lost some guys from their starting lineup. Thaddeus Young, you mentioned being one of them. I I don't buy it, but he said they're going to use Kawhi's departure as motivation. Hey, we're still good. And we're still the champs. Defense stays strong. Siakam has sort of an up down season being the guy looks awesome. One night possibly struggles in nest. And this is the interesting part to me. Hopefully OG gets a legit crack at showing what he's got. OG and Anobi breakout season. It's July. What the heck? The new Pascal Siakam. Exactly. Exactly. His stock was higher than Pascal Siakam's at this time last year. Definitely. He was only going into his second season. Pascal was going into his third. So we've got the the exact same scenario. OG going into season number three. He was you know, had some injury problems last year. Pascal went into season number three. One most improved player. OG's got those skills. He also has the template sitting a few lockers beside him. The guy is... I uh, can easily look at, at Pascal and say, I can, I can be that guy. I could try it. The difference is, you know, Kawhi took so much of the, uh, the, the defensive attention last year. Pascal, you know, he relished that. Uh, that, that worked out to his advantage. It's going to be a little different for OG this year, uh, but you know, his skills can develop. And so, yeah, uh, it's July. I'll change my, uh, my guess in November when things start to get a little bit more realistic, but OG and Anobi is going to be most improved player back to back. I'm just saying that'd be huge for the development staff. You just get these guys in. I would have never thought that Pascal Siakam was going to be a guy who's putting up 30 in an NBA finals game, but that's exactly what happened. He, the, the strides he made were so great that, you know, Ananobi has a little bit better of a pedigree. He was drafted higher. Like you're saying, his reputation was higher, uh, heading into last season. Maybe it happens. It's July. You got to be optimistic. Mm -hmm. I'm going to squeeze in uh, another Raptors email here because, it has to do with Kawhi Leonard and, and the way he left Toronto. Question is, do you think Toronto should have got a farewell letter or statement from Kawhi? Is it too late to do one now? And that's from Jeff L. Now, we just came from uh, or following the day where Kawhi Leonard was introduced to the Los Angeles Clippers. And he had about a minute soliloquy the first time he's addressed the Toronto Raptors. Mm-hmm. I was very satisfied. I thought it was funny, actually. People laughed. He said, listen, I don't have social media, so I couldn't write a paragraph. Like, everybody's writing on their Apple notes. He definitely didn't mean that as a joke, but the entire crowd laughed. Uh, and I think it was heartfelt. He mentioned the organization. He said thank you. He, he, he was definitely close to coming back. He meant everything he said in that minute soliloquy, as I said. I don't think he's required to do more. Uh, he does I don't have. Think a, he had to name specific names. That was a thing that I that saw was kicking the thing. around on Twitter yesterday. Was that you know he didn't specifically say Alex McKechnie, yeah, or Masai Ujiri or Nick Nurse. He didn't say the names. He said the city, the organization. Alex the team McKechnie and the fans. took care of Mike Wadrasap. I love you. He obviously talked to those guys. Whether he talked to Alex McKechnie or not, I, I mean, I, I don't care. I mean, he he talked to his fellow teammates. Yep. He talked to Nick Nurse. He also said uh, a coach with experience is very important to him. 
that was later on uh nick nurse doesn't have experience doc rivers does but uh yeah I don't, I, he says uh, the other i mean if you want to read into it i don't have social media he does have a twitter account he just never uses it <laughs> fired up he's had it for a long time his last tweet was like four years ago a lot of things have changed i heard there's even another new twitter that's out maybe he's too scared to, to dip in at this point he's like this is just too much to figure out i can't be typing a note and then have to attach it to a, to a tweet <laughs> this is incredible he just doesn't care about the, that kind of stuff and uh, I don't know. I think he shows what he really gives, what he cares about throughout the regular seasons. And I think he did that or, or throughout the playoffs in person is what I'm trying to say. He did it in person. Yes. He didn't thank Toronto fans. Do you care JD as, as somebody watching from, from the outside? Yeah. And qu- I, like I care. It was at a Clippers press conference and he, he took the time to thank the doctors that delivered his baby. That's true. That's yes. true. Unnamed, apparently. Oh, you got to name those doctors. <laughs> <laughs> so does that That's mean right. is, is is his kid Canadian? Yeah. Wow. His kid is Canadian. Canadian national Anchor baby. Team. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, that kid was is three months old. So born in April, I'd guess. Wow. He must have been in Toronto. Yeah, we got to yeah. consult with Lee to figure out his passport situation. <laughs> it. it sounds like he's eligible for at least two. Uh, I don't know. I would try and hang on to Kawhi Leonard's kid, though, if I were you guys. Uh, <laughs> it'd be a good player to have sometime in the future. Uh, I'm also like of the mind that the like the last four things that happened with Kawhi Leonard as a Raptor were like championship. Awesome. Had that interview with Kyle Lowry that Rachel Nichols had on her phone where he's like making jokes. He invented calling things the Larry OB. He had what to do, baby with right. Serge Ibaka. And then he made the laughing joke at the uh, at the parade on stage. Said it was the greatest parade ever. Yesterday he called it the greatest the parade ever. Yeah. Yes. What else do you want? He's making jokes. He's inventing funny things that are now associated with your team forever. And he hung a banner. Yeah, That's a good thank you. He said the parade was obviously better than the San Antonio Spurs because he said it was the greatest parade ever. <laughs> he hates the river walk. I, I think he didn't do anything in saying goodbye to the, the Spurs. I mean, this, this is another level for him. That's who he is. So you're saying this is the best we can expect. from Yeah, Kyle. yeah, it's done. We're not going to get a Terrence Ross-style essay on the Players' Tribune. It's going to make me weep. <laughs> nah, he said he didn't even want to write a paragraph. <laughs> you're so. right, you're right. <laughs> Which was funny. He, I, I think, you know, in his own way, he, yeah, it was definitely unintentionally funny. But in his own way, he's saying, when I see the guys and I talk to the guys, that means a heck of a lot more than typing something that maybe Uncle Dennis types or like somebody in his camp types. I think it means more to him, and that's fine. I think whatever he wants. He won a championship. He can do whatever he wants, let's be honest. Um, and a quick one here from Ryan in Phoenix. Will Kawhi get his number retired by the Raptors? No. No? No. One year, yeah, that's a that's a crazy precedent to send, I, I think. A guy comes in and has a good year. What if you get to the finals and you lose? Now you're going to retire every single guy's dream. Yeah, but he it, won. Yeah, he won. So, every, okay. So, we're going to go it's down tough. the line. It's just, it's becoming crazy. Everybody gets a statue. Everybody's getting their jersey retired. I know he won. How many guys do you retire from that team then? Just Lowry and him, I guess. Yeah, well, that's the I thing. Mean, it's I, early it really in the career sets the of precedent. Seattle. Like, what's your what's your team's retirement strategy going to be? It's like Bruce Bowen wouldn't get his jersey retired by any other team, but the Spurs retire jerseys for guys who are legends for them. So Bruce Bowen has his jersey retired. The Celtics have retired twenty jerseys. Some teams have reca- retired like three. You know, uh, Vince, I assume, will get his jersey retired at some point. Lowry, no doubt, will. DeRozan will. But then, do you? I, 
honor the guy who was there for one year. He didn't thank your coach or your GM by name. And you're going to put his, his name into the Raptors? That sounds crazy. Uh, but maybe he will go down in history as the greatest player to ever play for the Raptors. Mm-hmm. But yeah. I don't know. You're not hanging up Hakeem Olajuwon's jersey, even though he's a Hall of Famer as well. It's true. Yeah. Well, Kawhi doesn't know Nick Nurse's name or Masai Ujiri's <laughs> name, so he can't be retired, I, I guess. It's just a weird one. In, you know, in the Bruce Bowen vein, the Raptors would retire Jose Calderon and Morris Peterson, two guys that played for a long time but didn't win. It changes after you win a championship. Mm. The, the numbers start flying up there a little bit more frequently after, after you get a, a Larry OB. That's right. But uh, somebody's got to get up there first, like Vince. Because they haven't retired a jersey yet. Vince goes up first. You think they're just waiting for him to retire? They're like, come on, man. Yeah, let's go. We've been waiting 10 years for this. And uh, Lowry and DeRozan. And I got to disagree with our man, Isaiah Thomas, who's told us on on, on our show that, you know what, Vince? Who cares about Vince? Yeah, Vince, okay, retire him. He did say retire him, but then he said retire Tracy McGrady, retire Damon Stoudemire, and Doug Christie. Throw them all up there. Definitely Doug Christie. Wrong, wrong, and wrong. (laughs) (laughs) No chance. Isaiah just wanted to get in those guys that uh, he drafted, mainly, in Damon Stoudemire and Trace McGrady. Good dress. Good draft picks, by the way. No doubt. Uh, Next tweet comes from Bilal, who asks, who will be this summer's hoodie mellow? I hope I'm very, very wrong. But in the vein that you watch hoodie mellow and he's looking great, Ben Simmons is out there shooting Jays. Uh, Oh, yeah. He's shooting a lot of Jays. There's even another video yesterday. I I think I'm going to be wrong. Because, uh, you know, in Hoodie hoodie Mellow, it's what you see is not what you get later on. Right. Ben Simmons, apparently, throughout the years, has been able to shoot in practice whenever he wants. Sometimes you get some footage coming out of uh, Sixers practice where he's taking a jumper. Now he looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm buying it. I think, I think we are... I'm fascinated. Trusting the summer jumper? Yeah, I know. It's it's lame. It's <laughs> lame to, to do that. But That's it's... all right. I, I voted in a poll for like how many uh, threes Ben Simmons is going to make this year. And I think I went like uh, between 30 and 50. Like what a ridiculous guess that is possibly. <laughs> he hasn't made one in his career yet, but he's going to make 30 this season. Come on. I know, uh, I'm buying into. He is definitely the leader in the clubhouse. Like you're saying, we've already seen multiple jump shot videos of Ben Simmons. But <laughs> I, I guess and, that's and what those... the people want to see. Like if you're a Sixers fan, I would rather be seeing Ben Simmons knocking down jumpers in the summer than just a whole bunch of dunks and behind the back passes. And those videos are always edited well because oh, yeah. the first four, I mean, obviously they take out the misses. And so they always look, they look like hoodie mellow, but in terms of the jump shots, the first four were jump shots in that video. And then it's just dunk, 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 yeah. dunk, 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 dunk. So the video is labeled as, Oh, this guy can shoot jumpers Check the when, shots. when really it's like 15 seconds. It was three jumpers and one off a broken play. So four. Yeah. We're value. I, I, I evaluate these, these videos, but, uh, anybody else in the, uh, in the running in a similar vein, I wouldn't be surprised to see, uh, a Russell Westbrook shooting threes, mm. uh, three point Westbrook. Cause you know, going to the Rockets, a lot of people are saying, oh man, this guy's maybe the worst volume three point shooter of all time. And now you're going to a team that is going to encourage him to take threes. With that as the background, I can see I can see some sweet edited videos of Russell Westbrook playing in that Lifetime Fitness gym. We saw him there with Hoodie Mello last year. 
just pulling up, hitting three after three after three. Like you're saying, put the best jokes in the trailer, put the best jump shots right at the beginning of your summer <laughs> mixtape. We'll be seeing Russell Westbrook knocking down some threes, and maybe we could see a J.R. Smith. He's still in great shape, Pack. Yeah. Look at, look at, he's been playing basketball. He's got his shirt off. He's looking cut. The jumper's still money. Somebody's got to give him a run. That would be a very a hoodie mellow sort of uh, yeah, path exactly. for him. Exactly. Yeah, I was definitely thought about J.R. Smith because I saw a photo of him. Looking good? It, well, yeah, it was, it was, it was edited. It, it sort of looked like sometimes when you see a, a photo or video and it's uh you got a really skinny face, there's a really skinny, everything's skinny in the, in the photo. Sure. And I think J.R. Smith was squished. Um, and so, squished. And so he looked thinner. Um, but uh, yeah, he looks great in that photo. <laughs> give him a shot. Yeah. Somebody's going to give him a shot. But I will say about Russell Westbrook, he did say in his exit interview, and that's why I'm buying the whole new era of Russell Westbrook where he's not going to be this, not going to be exactly the same. He'll always be Russell, but he's going to, I think, concede to James Harden that it's his team. I, I totally believe that because not only that, not only did he say, okay, I'm done with Oklahoma City, but also in his exit interview, I think it was the most humble thing I've ever heard him say. He said, I do have to work on my three-point shot. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, And that was, you know, unsolicited. Nobody asked him. He just said, I got to get better. Uh, and so that was weird <laughs> to hear Russell like that. So I do believe this is a bit of a, a new era for Russell Westbrook. Another email here. Hey, guys, I just have one simple question. Most refreshing summer beverage. I need a new one because I need to cut down on my soda consumption. Much love from Scotland. Hope you stay in uh, the European Union, my man. That's uh, <laughs> Robert, Robert M. It's not looking good, Tess. No. It's not looking good. No. You never know. Um, most refreshing summer beverage. Any- well, first of all, Lee would say something like kombucha lemonade. <laughs> right, or uh-huh. Yeah, <laughs> he, but he drinks those all year round. That's true. That's true. A kombucha lemonade, refreshing. And when you wear shorts year round, it's summer year round. Though, so that's <laughs> that's why it's okay. Um, I don't. I don't. Most refreshing don't beverage I've had this summer. We went to Santa's Village with. Uh, the girls and all their cousins over uh, in June. It was super hot. It was like 95 degrees, 30 if you're listening internationally. Uh, we were <laughs> thank out you, all thank day, you, thank all day, just in the sun the whole time. Roller coasters and cement. It was like ridiculous. And everybody was dying. Like we were getting ready to leave. And there was a slushy truck. Mm. Uh, slushy truck and you could uh, do the flavor syrup all on your own. You know, just try and make a cool color. And I swear, eating that slushy on the hottest day that I've had so far this summer, I thought I saw God. I thought it, that, like, <laughs> I, I felt like I was hallucinating. I was like, this is the best slushy I've had in my entire life. I hadn't had one in, I don't know, a couple of decades. And it was so good. So apparently amusement park slushies, still very good. It's just ice and sugar. So <laughs> you can see how it would work. But uh, shout out to the slushy, no doubt. It doesn't really affect, doesn't address the soda problem that yeah has. oh definitely uh, definitely true uh yeah that's probably down. worse than soda but mm. it feels good what about to to satisfy the the soda consumption problem just uh a bubbly water like you know i mean i know i know they're not super refreshing we're in a sparkling water boom though right I, now ice is the key he's just got to put it pour it over ice get a nice pint glass fill it up with ice and just pour it over very refreshing. A little squeeze of lime. Okay. It's beautiful. <clears throat> Just get a soda stream. Yeah. 
bubble it up. Soda stream? You still using your soda stream? We Absolutely know. not. Yeah. <laughs> LaCroix boys. Right? I know. It's like, yeah. it's ridiculous. I'll spend so much money buying a different case of LaCroix and a Spindrift and a San Pellegrino and a Montaigne. It's like ridiculous how many different sparkling waters there are. But the idea of changing like a, a CO2 tank on my soda stream, I'm like, I don't think so. That's yeah. a little bit too much work. I'll go back to the store a hundred times, but screw this in and figure out where to take the old bottle. Too much. I did the exact same thing. I did see a San Pellegrino yesterday. The flavored ones, mm-hmm. not not just a bubbly water, uh, a limonata. You know, you know those those yeah. different mm-hmm. flavors that mm-hmm. they have. I got excited about that, but a lot of cows, yeah. a lot of sugar in there. Um, but they are refreshing. Yeah, hey, I'll put a pitch in for just diet soda. There's nothing wrong with it. Mm. Classic. What about the aspartame? Please don't get me started. <laughs> what do you think? It's good for you? <laughs> it's not. I don't think it's bad for you. I'll say that. Huh. Show me some studies, Taz. Show me some studies. Show me the clapping? scientific proof. JD, you just proof. clap? It's a clap emoji, actually. <laughs> yeah. It's audio, so. Um, yeah. I think Trey was sending around a study a couple of years ago that says exactly that. Mm, show it to me again. Yeah. I mean, there, no. everybody knows I was big into the diet soda game, uh, and I dropped it for water, but I can't say anything bad about diet soda. Even if it's, a, even if it's not good for you, it still tastes good. I had one uh, back when I was back home. Mama oh. Kay had a big old two liter in the fridge. Had to pour one up. Two liter. Put People those are, bubbles in my cup. Oh, yeah. People are still doing two liters. Well, <laughs> if, you're, if you're a smoker and you switch to a Juul, yeah. that's healthier, right? That's yes. right. 100%. Yeah. It's the same thing. Okay. That's fine. What if, what if you're, I have a friend who just started with a jewel, never smoked, mm. and he's <laughs> that working his way late, up the cigarettes. Late 40s. <laughs> it's crazy, right? Yeah. I mean, it sounds crazy. Why? I don't understand. Why? Uh, Jewel's cool. He's a dad. And I want to be addicted to something, and I want it to taste like sweet tarts or uh, creme brulee. Don't they have flavors like that? Oh, yeah, general? yeah, 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 yeah. From brand to brand, it changes. Yeah. Mm. Like, you can just get standard. Right. I think I think he's going standard, so standard nicotine. Standard, straight up nicotine. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah, maybe I'll uh, take up a patch, you know? Never smoked, never been addicted to nicotine, but if I just throw a patch throw on Throw it on, do a little buzz. Right. It's the same thing. It's the same. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the same, I guess. But, you know, you don't get the fun of... <laughs> Buy Who says? Who says? <laughs> That's not f- little, what little buzz coming off my arm. Mm. Yeah, we don't get the the thrill, mm-hmm. as the smokers say. <laughs> right, you're not going out pulling uh, it outside of the bar. You and the boys taking some <laughs> patches out, peeling them, and slapping them on, going back inside. I don't know. I, was I just, guess that doesn't happen. I was just in Toronto. And you can't smoke anywhere. You, you can't even smoke outside the bar. You have to smoke in the middle of the street. You have to literally go on to the where the cars are flying up and down and stand in the middle on the dotted line if you want to smoke. Mm. You can't smoke anywhere in Toronto. Good for them. Our next tweet <laughs> comes from Dan Hoppin, who asks, many assume Brad Beal will be the next superstar to ask out and be traded. What other names do you think enter that discussion? Oh, it's kind of true. I, I, I do find it hard in July to, you know, because it's a season full of optimism, like Carl Anthony Towns seemingly could be one, but he just had a great... Uh, article where he, in The Athletic with John Krasinski where he talked about how much he loves Minnesota and he's not going anywhere. Devin Booker, maybe? could I think that's legit. I got them both on my list. 
and yeah, you're right. Towns did just have a great article, but Kyrie Irving said he was happy to sign with the Celtics at this time last summer. If you'll have me. They wouldn't have him by the end of the season. Um, but yeah, to me, Towns and Booker are they are like on the exact same contract. They played together in college. They're really good buddies. I think they are going to want to play together. There have been so many pictures of them wear, like wearing each other's jerseys. Clearly, they're buddies. So they I don't know exactly how you get them both mm. onto the same team, but it's like Wiggins has a big contract. Maybe... Maybe Phoenix can talk themselves into thinking that they're the team for Wiggins. You put Wiggins with DeAndre Ayton, and then you got a team. Or maybe it's the other way around. And or Carl back, with, on back, with, back with Ricky sure. Rubio. <laughs> yeah, exactly Andrew right. Wiggins. Or Carlin Towns. Or, yeah, you get a scenario where you got an up-and-coming team that has opened up the books like the Clippers, has done well, and maybe they can both fit in and demand a trade there. Yep, and... Yeah, those two guys and Ben Simmons is also on my list. Is just oh, a guy ben. who, if things aren't going well, he's a clutch client. Clutch clients aren't uh, shy about throwing their team into turmoil. So perhaps he could be looking for to have his own his own own team sometime in the future. But yeah. you know, if he comes in, hits his thirty threes, pulling up off the <laughs> jump, uh, dribble ju- off the dribble jumpers. Maybe that makes things a little bit smoother in Philadelphia. I also think, clearly, you're going to get some Kevin Love and Chris Paul trade talk. Who knows if they'll be traded? I think Kevin Love is probably a little more likely to be traded, but those guys are going to be in rumors for the entire season. Yeah, Kevin Love, the the forgotten star, will definitely definitely be in the rumors. I I would think he would go somewhere at some point. It seems like all these contracts are tradable. Well, after we saw Westbrook get traded, it's like... But you got to be man, traded for another monster. Yeah, you got to be traded for another monster or so, two mini monsters. And and you mentioned Bradley Beal. Do I you think he's going to get traded? Do you believe him when they're like, we're going to give him all this money, we want to keep him here and build around him? I don't know. I think Washington definitely likes same old, same old. Definitely they, true. They kept Grunfeld in there forever. And why wouldn't they keep Beal in there forever? If Beal gets traded, this is going to sound crazy. But I think John Wall is going to ask to be traded, even though he's injured for basically the entire season. They they applied for a disabled player exception for him because it's, there's a chance he won't even play this year. John Wall, you know, he seems like the kind of guy that just will just say, "I don't want to be here if we're not going to be good." Um, but how the heck do you trade that contract? Oh yeah, and he's injured. I just think that's a that's a real interesting one because um, there's just no there's just no happiness in Washington right now and a lot of changeover finally in the front office things could be happening you know you you show up you you don't want to immediately say uh, we're, we're happy to trade our one good player who's actually healthy you can't show That's up and say that. you have to be like oh we're keeping him we want him here forever that way you get the better offers from the other teams uh, he's got to still be on the market and that's what happened in new orleans with uh, david griffin he went mm-hmm. in there and said anthony davis we're gonna try and make him stick around he he'll want to be here right play with zion williamson less than not. two months later not even he was gone uh, next email here. Hey, guys. So as a new father, I was excited to get superpowers like Van Vliet did on his way to help the Raptors to an NBA championship. I know dad strength is another thing that I can look forward to in the future as well. So aside from ace shooting and dad strength, are there any other superpowers that I should be excited for? Love the show and have followed you guys since the days of the Pooh God. Man knew the Pooh God. Can't wait to see what the future holds. Sean in Portland. So uh, I'll give it up to you guys. Uh, you guys have far more dad seniority than I. Mm-hmm. What do you got? Well, uh, laser beam eyes for one. Like my <laughs> wife can be asking my kids eight, nine times to unload the dishwasher, and I just have to look at them. 
and they'll do it. Oh, man. I, I still remember my dad's dad look from, from being a kid. That is a thing that happens for sure. <laughs> Absolutely. The stare down. You got to learn it. You got to learn the nonverbal threat, I guess is <laughs> the best way to put it. I think that speaking of poo god, you sort of get to know your kids when they need to poop, even though they're telling you, you I don't need to poop. But now I can tell in a regular human's face, like... <laughs> That guy needs to poop. This guy's guy getting pretty struggling. snippy with me. I can tell. Why don't you just go excuse yourself and have a nice dump? Take sir. a break. <laughs> well, those are my two. What about you, Trey? Um, for me, the the biggest power I've got is I'm a super sober now. I <laughs> like I will cry at anything. I hmm. I don't know if I ever cried at a survivor loved one's visit. And then Isla was born, and I haven't watched a loved one's visit that I haven't cried at ever since. I cry at, it's rare, but I'll cry at a commercial now. Uh, my wife watched This Is Us. I didn't see every episode. Every episode I watched, I cried at some point. <laughs> Just anything that like anything that could possibly tug at your heartstrings, it's a full-on strumming on my strings. Yeah, yeah. The waterworks get to pumping. I cry a lot more now. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I, I wasn't un an infrequent crier before but now it's honestly ridiculous like they're not even emotional things then laura's like why are you crying i'm like i just do it now i just do it <laughs> that's my thing i'm a crier yeah i'm that's a crier I'm, for you. I'm with you speaking of the survivor visit i watch survivor now with my two kids and now it's like a sophie's choice with fantasizing about when i go on survivor which child <laughs> will come and visit me like how do i possibly choose it's definitely not going to be my wife because she hates survivor but it's one of which them. boy which one will it be i can't i can't decide I, so I really can't. so for someone who doesn't watch survivor mm-hmm. th- thankfully yeah uh somebody is a contestant you get uh it was the Your, first time in history or no 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 no. every every season there's a loved one's visit i believe uh, it's uh, when uh. there's seven left six or seven something like left. that yeah so you're deep into the game you know you've been out there for 23 25 days or whatever it is no food away from your family and it's always the most emotional thing because they're they come out one at a time they have a reunion everybody breaks down crying it's usually it's pretty it's emotional. emotional. It no is doubt. pretty emotional. It sounds I very emotional. Definitely have welled up before. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know. Would you? And who, you can only have one. Uh, but yes, it seems that way. It's yeah, crazy. you must have to submit a list, and then it's like mm. I don't know. Maybe there's a ranking, and then who's available comes. Yeah. Yeah, I don't. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I uh, hope to find out someday. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. If you're a survivor producer listening, email us at thefreeagents2019 at gmail dot com. <laughs> we got some applications to talk about. So would would it be uh, your wife? Then? Laura would be yeah. my number one choice, probably followed by my mom. Mm. Uh, those are like my two survivor watchers throughout history. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But yeah, I don't know. I, I think my I think my mom would be just as upset as your boy who you didn't pick that I picked Laura <laughs> ahead of her. But uh, we're trying to win a game out here, mom. I'm trying to win that <laughs> visit, trying to get the clue for for winning the loved ones challenge. What about your, your kids? Aren't going to be pissed? They're too young, way too young. I mean, but still, I I don't know. I suppose it's possible that Survivor is still on in 13 years when I finally have a kid that's <laughs> 18 or older. And if that's the case, and they're interested, I'll put them right behind Laura. My kids too. She's coming over my wife. <laughs> she won't know what the heck is going on. Don't care. Sorry, wife. Sorry, wife. You got any superpowers? No, sir. Not quite yet. Um, I mean, I can see when my 
my daughter definitely needs to to drop a poop, but I I don't think she's ever going to not want to poop. That's my superpowers. <laughs> really? having, having a child that will never hold it in. <laughs> she loves it as much as her dad. She loves releasing it as much as her dad. So she uh, something nice to pass down. <laughs> it's genetic. Yeah, uh, that's something that that I noticed about you yesterday. We went to the garden. Um, you weren't freaked out when we saw a kid straight up break his arm on the slide yesterday. Oh, that was something. Went down the slide at the garden, JD. The kid like hopped off, tried to catch himself, and his arm just broke. Wow! Right, like right across the forearm, and like. Like Tass and I were just standing around and stuff. Well, like, like he picked it up, he was crying, and there was, you know, it was like a divot. <laughs> and we're both like, yeah. and the dad's like, okay, we got to call 911. We're going back to the hospital. And everybody was just like, uh. And, and then he started, and then his he started. son, his son asked him, yeah, he started wailing, but I think he, it wasn't the pain. It was just the, the sheer, hey, my oh, arm sure. is in two different <laughs> yeah. places. Wow. And then he started waving his hand, like his father and mother said, can you move your wrist? And he could, and it looked uh, super freaky. Yeah, when he started, making it worse. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but he stopped kind of. He stopped crying. It was just. It was like, yeah, I, I didn't. I didn't freak out because I don't know. I'm in dad mode. No yeah, freak. You new see freak a outs. lot of weird yeah. things that no longer bother you. Like, okay, yeah. that's that's a thing that happened. <laughs> and the parent, and yeah. one of the parents said, "We're just gonna have to put it in the cast again." <laughs> I guess it could have been a rebreak mm. as well, but it was. Yeah, it was freaky. Oh, like yeah. he, it wasn't from the the force of the slide because he was sort of at the bottom of the slide. He just tried to get off, oh, my tripped on the side of the slide, and then went down on his one arm, which is like the the landing was like a foot to two feet lower than the slide, like not far. Sure. Um, and he's like seven or eight. Poor guy. Yeah. Yikes. Oof. All right, got another tweet from Tankathon who tweets. What's your car history for everyone? Ranking them for each, maybe, if you're interested. Mm. Best single vacation day. That's too hard for me to pick. But here's my car history. Starting with when I was 16, red Chevy Beretta, followed by a black (laughs) Oldsmobile Cutlass Supreme, the Shaguar. Had a little Shaguar (laughs) detailing put on it. Had a trailblazer that I drove off a, a road and yelled no as I went down, a Toyota Solera. Then we got into the Volkswagen era when I got together with my wife, Volkswagen Passat, then the Jetta, then the Golf, then the Jetta wagon. And finally, we just added a 313,000 mile Toyota Highlander <laughs> to the collection that I drove over today. Uh, my favorite car, no doubt, was the Shaguar. <laughs> Had a sweet Technics uh CD deck that I put in, put it in myself. I remember like reading wow. Crutchfield magazines, learning how to undo all the stuff, get it in, get it out. <laughs> Wrecked that one too. Wrecked a lot of cars. Oh my Wrecked God. my first three cars now that I'm looking at it. But it's been a while. It didn't have a, uh, your, your audio system that you put in didn't have like a CD changer anywhere else. Like it was just the one, one system. disc. Well, okay. All this right. is like a, been... 2000. I, I was a small baller at that point. Only one <laughs> disc at a time. <laughs> Um, JD, you want to share your car history? Sure. I uh, started with a 1980 uh, two-tone brown Chevy van. I uh, shared that with four other guys in a band. Shag carpeting throughout all Very the way cool. around, like on the ceiling and gross. everything. Yeah, it was so, so gross. <laughs> uh, loaded it up with amps in the back one time and got on the highway, and we were almost doing a wheelie down the like I could not control I had to pull like pull off the next like the the steering wheel was shimmering move the amps forward uh yeah uh so there's that then uh then flash forward to 20 
2007 Toyota Matrix. My wife still drives that car. It's completely scratched on every surface of the car, including the roof where the antenna was. Uh, Rachel tried to drive it through a, a garage door that was closing. Uh, <laughs> still drives. It's great. Uh, then a uh, 2014 uh, Mini Cooper convertible. Mm-hmm. That's the best car that I've ever had. I loved it. Manual transmission. It's beautiful. Uh, BMW i3, which is an electric car. It was all electric. Uh, and then I just got a, a Toyota RAV4. Wow, this is boring. <laughs> car talk. <laughs> no. How many horses you got under the hood of that Mini Cooper really tooling mm. around town? Oh, geez. I think it was, I don't know, actually. Not as much as you'd think, but because it's so small, a lot it of moved, man. Oh, I love that car. But my kids couldn't fit in the backseat mm. anymore, so I had to upgrade. Yeah, that's how we ended up with a station wagon. I'll keep the boring talk going. Everybody loves talking about their own cars. I guess so, I yeah. Uh, yeah, people are listening. They're like, hey. I had a car. I had a car. <laughs> <laughs> when Trace had Oldsmobile, yeah. I had one of those, but it started with a Pontiac 6000, which is just a box. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, not really my car, but I drove it, and it was poop-colored. It was fine. Uh, <laughs> at an Oldsmobile 88 oh, afterwards. Yeah. Those are nice. My dad had an 88 when we were growing up. Luxurious. It was luxurious. <laughs> it was plush. Not really my plush car. Plush is the word. Yeah. But I, I, I drove that one. Oh. Then I drove, uh, I had a Cadillac Sedan DeVille um, for a while. Yeah. That's nice. Just, that was, uh, it was definitely my dad's, but uh, I got to drive it. I just floored it because it was so freaking slow. I floored it <laughs> basically every time I drove it. I drove that thing. To hell. Uh, it, it was the, the benches in the front and the back, and it had three seatbelts in the front and the back, oh, yeah. so technically you could have six people in there, including the driver, but one time I put uh, my buddy Doug Malichki. Uh, he could he, we had six of us, and I said, Doug, you could sit in the front with me, but I don't want you to, so sit in the back. So they had four in the back and just two in the front because I didn't want anyone close to me. Gross. Uh, so as we had six of us, pulled out of high school, flew through a stop sign as fast as I possibly could because mm. I was cool. Oh, yeah. Got a ticket for <laughs> flying through a stop sign and having more people than I did. <laughs> Seatbelts. Had to go to court for that one. That was a long fight. Um, and then I had a Honda Civic, which was which was mine, which was blessed on to me for, it. you said, 300,000 miles yeah. for the... Uh, the Highlander, I've I had that one past three hundred thousand K. My favorite car because it was uh, it wasn't a souped up cool guy Civic with lights on the bottom. It was just a four door, but it was a manual transmission. Yeah, and it was fun just being able to downshift to slow down and not not touch the brakes. Those were the days. <laughs> uh, then I had a Volkswagen GTI, and now as a family, which is great. I still have that. It's a great car, and now uh, I'm sort of in the Rav Four. Highlander mode with a Mazda CX-5. Now it got boring. Yeah, it was fun. Expend. It was fun for a while. <laughs> Oldsmobile, cool. Cadillac, cool. Civic, sort of cool, but functional. And I blasted that thing into a guardrail, and it came back even stronger. <laughs> uh, and here we are. Uh, so will you teach your daughter daughters manual? When it's time question. to learn, you want to teach me first, oh, Trey. We're we're getting out on the road, man. This weekend, <laughs> all right, that for... Lowe's parking lot. <laughs> Don't you got to learn? You got to learn. Aren't they all going to be electric? JD? I know that's the thing. That, that's the thing. That far that's down the road. Yeah. Um, 
I would. Yeah, I would definitely teach my daughter to do it. Why not? Why yeah, the heck it's not? a life skill. You got to learn. Yeah. Are the boys? Yeah, the boys are getting close. Okay. Yeah. Well, uh, Lincoln turns close thirteen enough. next week. So yeah. Uh, two years. That'd be weird to have years? a son two driving. Years. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, another, that's another so. designated driver in the house. <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, that is it for us. I think we're all done here. Thank you for sending in all those emails and those tweets. Tweets at the Free Agents nineteen. Emails the Free Agents twenty nineteen at gmail Continue to send them in, and uh, we will drop a new podcast in the coming weeks question mark i think so i think the guys ah. will, well lee's gone forever i think skeets will be back um far earlier than lee he'll be itching to do one so yeah i'm sure we'll have one uh come august no doubt about Just keep it keep the questions coming yeah yes we'll build it up and we'll do it again yeah we have tons and tons and tons of emails in there so thank you very very much it was uh it has been great on a sentiment sentimental basis we're not gonna we're not gonna cry here but uh, from a sentimental standpoint, it has been great seeing all those emails and all the well wishes. Um, it has been very, 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 very sweet. I actually am crying right now. <laughs> no surprise. Take it away, guys. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Godspeed, everybody. You could stay.